0: and welcome to another episode of the creative cast super excited that you are joining me today as i said on last week's show when we were talking about podcast reviews this week was going to be an episode inspired by a question that i received so liz from colorado springs emailed me and said hey i just got finished listening to episode six about editing your podcast I wanted to ask you, what is the advantage of having an editor as opposed to me just doing it myself? Also, what should I look for in hiring an editor? Now, this is a great question. First of all, thank you so much, Liz, for sending that in. I love getting this stuff from you guys. The reason I wanted to do this particular topic is I want to make sure that you are not getting taken advantage of by some other podcast quote unquote editors out there. You know, it's kind of like social media managers that they don't really have the expertise or the insight and don't understand the strategy behind some of these things. And you're not going to get a good quality audio out of it. Same thing goes for your podcast. I look at my podcast like my baby. I want the best things for it. If I need someone to help take care of my baby, I'm not going to go find some random person on the street. I'm going to research and I'm going to ask for referrals and I'm going to do all these things. Now, as we all know, launching a podcast has never been easier to do with all the different technology out there, all the hosting and the bells and all the whistles that kind of come along with that. Launching it is the easy part, believe it or not. I know some of you are probably going, no, Tammy, no, (laughs) but really it is. That's the easy part of it. The real challenge. Lies in keeping it going. Because showing up every week or whatever frequency that you're releasing your content, you have to come up with content for that episode. You have to record it. You have to edit it. You have to write the show notes. You have to do all the things. And all of that can be time consuming. It's hard work, y'all. And you might realize that this is a bigger time commitment than you initially anticipated. And I was just having this conversation with a friend earlier in the week about exactly this. She's launching a podcast in the fall. She was starting to look at all the things that go into some of this. And quite honestly, this is where so many podcasters become victims of PodFade. They launch it, they're super excited about it. And then all of a sudden, they go, Oh, this is work. And then they become victims of PodFade. Now, if you're not sure what Pod Fade is, you're listening to a podcast, you absolutely love it, 12, 13 weeks in, and then all of a sudden they don't ever release another episode, they don't say they're shutting their podcast down, they just disappear into the great beyond. And honestly, this is happening a lot right now because so many people started podcasts during the during quarantine and the pandemic, and now that everything is going back to quote unquote normal, they're finding they're, they don't have the time to do it. But if you are in this overwhelm where you're saying, oh my gosh, this is so much more work than I thought it could be, this is where having an editor can help you. Now, a good editor can save you hours of time every week by handling the editing, the post-production, maybe even writing your show notes, creating graphics, doing audiograms, uploading all the things that are required of you to produce an episode if you're kind of in that boat and you're interested in hiring someone to help you edit and produce your podcast I wanted to cover some really important things that I think you guys need to know about so why bother having an editor if you could do it yourself well honestly it comes down to three things if you should get an editor or do it yourself one is what available time do you have to work on this What is your experience level with working with audio and editing? And honestly, your budget. Now, some of you may not be able to afford to pay someone to help you out with your podcast, especially if you see your podcast as a big expense with very little ROI or return on investment, instead of looking at it as an investment in your future. Because having a podcast, yeah, you can make money with it with podcast subscriptions and indirect types of things. You're not going to make millions of dollars unless something really viral happens. But you can make money on it. But like I said, podcasting takes up time. And there's no shortcut to making it quick and easy. Because as the old saying goes, you can have it good, you can have it fast, and you can have it cheap. But you can't have it all three. So if you can afford to invest money in a podcast editor or producer, they can save you a lot of time, effort, and energy. Now most editors are available for the editing and the post production, the EQ, the back, you know, background noise removal, leveling, things like that. There are a few other tasks that an editor might be willing to help you with, depending on who you hire and what services they offer. These are just some of the things that a podcast editor can do for you to save you time and effort so that you can focus on other important aspects of your podcast. Like coming up with great content, writing and engaging with your audience. And if your podcast is is an extension of your business, then that's going to even help you even more because you want to focus on growing your business and growing your podcast and not spend four hours a week editing your podcast. So let's look at a few things that you should know about before you start looking for an editor. So what do you need help with? If you're not really sure, I want you to write a list of all the things you'd like someone else to do for you. Depending on your budget, you may be able to find someone who's willing to help, not just the editing and the production, but also maybe ID3 tagging, upload your podcast to your podcast hosting site, writing show notes, updating websites, doing audiograms. There's a lot of things that go into producing a show. It's really important for you to define what responsibilities you would like to hand over to an editor. Before you even start looking for an editor, before you start doing Google searches and all these other things, I want you really identify what are the things that you need help with. Do you just need someone to edit and you take care of the rest? Do you need a little bit more hands-on? Do you need... Someone to help you edit, but also need someone that can coach you on certain things, give you really good feedback, and make your show better. You need to know these things before you start looking for an editor. How do you find a podcast editor? Honestly, you're listening to one. (laughs) Seriously, though. You can do a Google search for a podcast editor these days, and lots of things will come up. You can check out some of the options like Fiverr or Upwork. But the hardest part of finding a good editor is finding someone who truly cares about making your podcast great. For me, the way I look at it, and many good podcasters look at it this way too, is your podcast is their podcast. They want to make it the best possible podcast out there as far as audio quality how the episode is crafted, the storytelling, things like that. Now, a common question that I get is, what editing style do you like? And I would ask this of a particular or potential podcast editor. So if you're not sure about this, write down a list of the podcasts that you love. Do you want your show to sound like this? What kind of show, you know, is it an interview style? Is it a solo podcast? Is it a narrative? What is it? If you already know this, you already have a show, that's great. But talk to the editor. Some podcast editors don't like to work with multiple tracks. They just want to edit like one or maybe two. Where like if you have a panel and you're dealing with three, four, five different tracks, they may just not have the expertise to do that. They may just be able to take the ums and the ahs and the crutch words out. So if you know this information going in, You can kind of gauge that with them. This question always throws me, it is one of the things that always comes up in Discovery Calls is, do I have any creative direction in the editing? Absolutely. This is your show. If let's say you record 40 minutes of raw audio and you want me to trim that down to 20 minutes or you want your editor to trim it down, you're going to need to provide a clear understanding of which content to cut and why. So you're going to need to work closely with your editor to explain your vision for the episode. So you want to provide them with detailed notes about what they should cut, what should stay, provide timestamps so it's easy for them to just go in to that particular section and pull out what they need to pull out. I don't believe in editing a show and cutting really good content just to meet a certain time limit. If it's good content, it's good content. You always want to try to aim for a particular length, but if your interview with a featured guest that you have and it's really great content and it goes a little bit over what you normally do, that's okay. Because if it's relevant to the topic or funny or just really great stuff that you're talking about, leave it in. But just remember that when editing for content, That takes more time than just cleaning it up and polishing it and making it sound good. It's going to require your editor to take a little more time to do that. So if you're paying them an hourly rate, then you may have to pay a little bit more because it's going to take them more time to do that. So one of the things I want you to make sure that you are doing if you're talking to a potential editor for your show is what kind of experience do they have? How do you know if they're good or not? A lot of times editors will have, they'll have sample tracks for you to listen to. One of the things that I commonly hear is, well, I'm not an editor, so how do I know you know what's good editing versus they just have really great equipment? How do I measure that production value? So if you've been listening to podcasts for any length of time, you're gonna know good sound when you hear it. I guarantee it. But if you're brand new to this, Sometimes they can be hard to judge. If you're new to this, go listen to a bunch of different podcasts, listen to some really popular ones, look at what this editor has given you as sample tracks and see kind of where it falls into there. The important thing to remember with podcasting is you have to give them the best possible audio quality that you can because if you have great gear, a good room to record in, experience with Recording clean audio tracks, your editor's not going to have a whole lot to do. If all they're coming in to do is clean up and polish, you could probably hire someone that's a little newer. But if there's a lot of stuff that they have to do with removing background noise and crutch words and all these other sort of things, then you may need a more experienced podcast editor. The other thing you want to look at is how did they do with editing for content? Because when you edit for content, you're looking at it from a storytelling point of view. So if they don't really have a lot of expertise with that or they just don't do a good job with that, it may be hard to know if they can do editing for content just by listening to examples of their work. So you're going to want to have a conversation with them. And it's really the best way to kind of get a feel for how much experience someone has. Now, some of the other questions that you should ask your potential editor is about their experience with podcasts and audio and editing. So for example, why are they interested in editing podcasts? When did they first start learning about mixing and mastering? How long have they been doing this? What are some of the podcasts that, that they currently edit for? What software do they use for editing? Do they know how to use plugins for equalizers and compressors and noise gates and a lot of the more technical stuff? Are they familiar with the different kinds of audio files that they're going to be working with? And this one is really important. Do they know how to convert a split stereo track into two separate audio files? A lot of editors that I see on Fiverr do not know how to do that. And that's important. So like I said, you want to have that conversation with them. Let them talk about their experience and why they want to help you with your podcast. Now, if they're just looking for a paycheck, I'd give some serious consideration to maybe looking at another editor. Because you want them to treat your show like you would treat your show. That you're going to get the best quality for sound. You're going to get the best storytelling out of that episode. Again, it depends on the level of editing that they're going to be doing. Are they editing for content? Or are they just polishing? You know, what are they doing? Now one of the other questions that I get, what about giving them access to my website or my podcast hosting account? So if this is a concern for you, then I would recommend using something like LastPass or Dashlane because using one of those things, you can share the login information with them without them even seeing the username and password. So it's really great to have that, especially if you're concerned about that. And this is important if you're going to have them help you with administrative tasks like uploading files or creating posts on your, on your website. One caveat here, and this is just my personal thing, but if you're not comfortable with them, with trusting them to have your passwords and to have access to the backend, then maybe they're not the right person for you because you need trust in people that are going to be helping you with this. Because if you're going to trust them enough to edit your podcast and craft your podcast for content or whatever the case may be, you really should be able to trust them at least with the podcast hosting account. For your website, maybe this is something that you do a little further down the road once you get to know them a little bit better. You've really got to be careful when handing over access to your website. But some of the other things that I would say to ask about is which hosting services are they familiar with? Do they know about Libsyn? Do they know about Buzzsprout? Do they know about Captivate? Do they know about Podbean? Have they worked with these systems before? And also ask them if they're willing to upload your episode as well as your show notes to your website because that can save you a lot of time by handling that work every week. And the other thing is, how much can you expect to pay for these services? And quite honestly, it's hard to give an exact number because people charge differently based on their experience, the types of services they're providing, and what value they believe they can provide to their clients. If you go on and look at Fiverr, for example, you'll see some people charging 10 to $30 for a 30-minute raw audio file. Like me, for example, you know, you're going to start off if you're doing a weekly podcast, you're going to start off around $300 and it can go up from there depending on what you're asking me to do for you. Now, some editors specialize in storytelling and editing for content and crafting that episode as well as helping you coordinate guest appearances and do a lot of the pre-production as well as the post-production. And that can charge you upwards of per episode. It just depends. Don't go with the cheapest because nine times out of 10, you're not going to get what you think you're going to get. You're going to get what you pay for. And you can't expect to get great work out of someone if you're paying the minimum wage. You're paying for their expertise. That's what you're paying for. So really look at at your budget. What can you afford? What can't you afford? And maybe you just have them help with the edits. And then hire a virtual assistant that you can pay less to do some of the other admin type of work. I have one client that's going, once we launch her podcast, she's going to do the editing because she just doesn't have the budget for that. I'm charging her a lesser rate as just being available as her coach. That way she can bounce things off of me. She can ask me questions whenever she needs to. So a lot of editors are starting to provide those services as well. Now, one of the other things that you can do, so if if you find a bunch of editors, you're like, I just can't afford that. That is just way out of my budget. You could probably find a college student that maybe is in a communications program or a a sound editing program or something to that effect that are probably learning how to edit as part of their coursework. You don't have to pay them a lot, but they maybe have to help you with at least getting some of that editing done. And they're going to be knowledgeable because they're taking classes for this particular job eventually. Now, they may need to look for other sources of income. They may not be with you forever and a day, but maybe it'll get you through a season where you just don't have a lot of discretionary money to put toward that. The most important thing I want you to remember is invest time and money in your editor, and they will take care of you. The clients that I currently have, they've invested their time, they've invested their money with me, they are counting on my expertise, they are counting on me taking care of of their podcasts, just like they take care of their podcasts. I have had situations where clients have overstepped boundaries, took advantage of certain situations, and they're not clients anymore. So please take care of your editors. They work hard, y'all. So let's say you're talking to someone and they're like, they're not sure how much to charge. Here's a good tip. Ask them to estimate the time they think they're going to spend on each episode and how much per project it would be, and then maybe add 50% to that number. Because there's a good chance that they're probably underestimating how much time they'll be spending on your show, and this is especially if they don't have a lot of experience with editing or haven't been doing the editing for very long. Now, sometimes podcasters will get cold emails from editors whose rates happen to be in the range that they could afford. So what do you do then? Honestly, I would be very weary of this. But if you're interested in it, set up a call with them, talk to them, see what services they're offering. Do they align with your needs and the goals that you have for the show and why they reached out to you? And find out if they generally care about your show. I guarantee you're going to get a good feeling from having this conversation, but you could also give them a small test, like maybe five to 10 minutes of audio for them to edit and see how it goes. Let's talk about consistency for just a minute, because it's really important if you want to build your audience. I've said that time and time again, and it shows people that you're going to show up regularly with new content, because this consistency is important to your audience. It's also really important for your podcast editor. Because they're trying to manage their own client workflow, their client rosters, and all the production that needs to happen. Again, one of the common questions is, what about turnaround time? For me, it all starts with communication. I don't have a specific turnaround time. We try and get stuff done as quickly as we possibly can. You know, some editors will say, I'll have it to you in 24 hours. Great. If they can do that and do it well, that's great for you. Remember, your editor needs time to edit your show and send you the finished version of that. So with my clients, we set up the turnaround time and deadlines based on their frequency, how long the episode is. Now, this is equally important if you're working with someone who is doing this as a side hustle and what other responsibilities they may have. They may have only a certain amount of time to work with clients or to edit. And if they're a good editor, Remember, you're probably not their only client and you need to be respectful of that. Make sure you clearly communicate when you record, when you're going to have the files to them, and when you need that finished version back. A lot of this depends on your recording schedule and your release date. So let's say you record a show on Monday and you publish a show on Friday. You're going to need to find an editor that can get the show done within that time frame. Now, you also want to add in a couple of days in case any revisions need to be made. They want to drop in an ad, whatever the case may be. It always happens. They need some extra time for them to go in and approve it. Their graphic designer needs a couple of days to make the graphic or the audiogram. Whatever needs to happen. For example, many of my clients are kind of like this. They release on a Thursday. So I generally have their edits done two to three days before that release date, so we have time for any kind of edits, any kind of revisions, anything that needs to get done, depending on what's happening, and depending on what their availability is. And some of my clients, this entire process takes five days. It just depends on how available they are. As an editor, one of the things that drives us crazy is how people share files. (laughs) And I say this with all the love in my heart. Now, there are a variety of file sharing services, but I really like ClickUp. I know you're surprised, right? I think I talk about ClickUp on every episode. It's really one of the best things out there. Now, I use that with my clients to manage files. We also use Dropbox, and we can also use Google Drive. Those are... Those are my alternates if for some reason they just don't want to use ClickUp. It doesn't work for them, whatever the case may be. And Dropbox and Google Drive are really great sources because so many people already use them on a daily basis and they're really an easy way to sync and share files. The most important thing when sharing files with your editor is please stay organized with your files, especially in Google Drive and Dropbox. If you're using a a project management system, there's going to be a little more organization. So when organizing files, I recommend having a main folder for each episode. So episode one has its own folder. And in that folder, it's got the intro, the outro, the interview, or the main meat of that episode the graphic that's associated with it a particular ad that they need to drop in there the show notes edits they want you to make there could be a document in that but it's really important to title your files correctly and this is a big pet peeve of mine and so for me, I like files to kind of follow this naming process. It's like the name of the podcast or the initials of it. For example, if I was naming for my podcast, it would be CC hyphen episode 17 hyphen podcast editor hyphen main or intro or outro or whatever the case may be. So you want to have the name of the podcast, the episode number, the name or topic, the, the name of the person you're interviewing, the topic, and then the segment. And like I said, if you have any notes for your editor, create a document in Google and include that in the episode folder. Good editors are very busy, so don't always assume that your editor is going to read those notes. You want to make sure you shoot them an email, put something in your project management system like, hey, Tammy, these are the edits that I would like you to definitely make, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if you're using Drive or Dropbox, please make sure that your editor knows that you have the files uploaded synced and ready to go. And I know that seems very obvious, but it doesn't always happen. (laughs) Now in Google Drive, you can share the folder directly with the person and they get it as an email. Not always does that happen. So let's talk about revisions. How many revisions are typically acceptable? Is it one and done? Or do editors allow for more than one? So as a podcast editor, I try to get every episode that I edit perfect every single time. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes I'll miss something. Sometimes I made a creative decision not to take something out and the client goes, nope, I don't want that in there. Now this is especially true for brand new podcasts or when you first start working with an editor. It it could take a couple episodes for you to figure this out. And this is all where that communication comes into because it's okay to ask for revisions. Just make sure you are communicating with them about why you need that revision so that they can make sure that they include that next time. Is the intro music a little too loud? Is there not enough space between the intro and the interview? Does the music need to play longer? There's all kinds of different things, especially when you first start working with an editor, even though you've been doing your show You know, let's say you've been doing your show for two seasons and you've got over 25 episodes in. If you start working with a new editor, then they need to learn and fine tune what they're doing in order to match what's happening. Because we're human. People make mistakes and that's okay. No one is perfect and sometimes there might be things that your editor missed or did wrong. And when that happens, address it calmly. Let them know what you would like them to do differently next time. Communicate with them about what you're needing and why. Look for their feedback for you. The one thing I don't recommend is telling an editor how to do their job if that's what you're paying them for. Or sending them tutorials or links about how to do something. Now, if they truly don't know how to do it, that's fine. They may not take it fine, but because I had a client once that actually sent me a PDF on how to do something. And this was just last year and I'm no longer working with that client. (laughs) So those are my best tips for y'all with this. Now, if you have other questions about something that I may have missed or you know something that's pertinent to your current situation, please shoot me an email. I love to answer these questions. I love getting emails and comments and stuff from you guys. So just shoot me an email at Tammy at TammimontonCreative.com. Now I have to give a shout out to one of the listeners. I was at an Apple Podcast looking at the reviews, and you guys did a couple of them, but this one I absolutely loved, and it's from Listener, love my little peeps. I'm not sure of your name outside of that, but here's what they said in their review on Apple Podcasts. Tammy generously gives such wonderful, practical, and helpful advice on this podcast. If you're brand new or a veteran, listen in, and I'm sure you'll gain some great insight that you'll be able to apply. Now, first of all, thank you so much. That means so much to me. I mean, it really means a lot. And every review helps. If you want to do that, all you have to do and make it really easy for you is go to my podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're going to leave a review at. Or here's a quick link to the Apple Podcasts. It's TammyMunsonCreative.com forward slash Apple Podcasts. Write a quick review and tell me one thing you've learned or you love about the show. Because like I said, your comments mean the world to me. Thanks in advance, y'all. Now, next week is a really important topic. I'm going to be sharing all about why you need to have a website or at least a landing page on your website for your podcast. Because y'all, when it comes to running a successful podcast, a well-crafted website is an important part of that success. Since discoverability for podcasts can be kind of limited sometimes, especially if you're just getting started, you don't have a big audience already or community a great website for your podcast can make it simple for new and current listeners to sample what you have to offer subscribe to your podcast and your email lists to dig deeper into your podcast episodes plus much more we're going to get into all of it next week Now, ladies, I believe in you. You guys are my heroes. I believe experience, production fatigue, and intimidating tech shouldn't hold you back. So let's walk through this journey together. So you can spend less time worrying about the details, more time spreading your message, telling your story, using your voice. I hope that you have a wonderful day, and I will talk to you next week. Bye, y'all.